Father, we thank you and bless you for this day. We pray now that all that we do and say will be pleasing in your sight, that you will be glorified in the midst of it all. Give us clarity of communication both in the preaching of your word and in the hearing of your word. That your people will hear exactly what you are saying. Hide me behind the cross, God, and make sure that you get the glory and honor from all that is done. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Like the old preacher would say, don't fool me now. Let me ask you a question. Is, is there anyone in here today who wants something different for your life in this new year? Raise your hand if there's anybody in here. For most of you, I think it is true, you want something better in 2020. And there have been a tremendous amount of posts that have been taking place on the World Wide Web. A tremendous amount of tweets, a proliferation of, of posts that have been around this idea of uh, getting more in 2020. Um, I've seen some proclaiming this as the year of increase. Uh, it's interesting, every year they proclaim it's the year of increase, right? Uh, it's the year of plenty. It's the year of prosperity. Already saw a bumper sticker that said getting plenty in 2020, right? But, but what's amazing is, even though every year there are people who would profess and proclaim that it's the year of plenty, 20, uh, plenty, it's the year that you are going to be the head and not the tail, you are going to be the first and not the last, and, and all of that stuff. It, in actuality, uh, those proclamations uh, simply seem to feed our, our spiritual selfishness and our self-centeredness because we, we act as if God is our cosmic concierge and it's his job to give us whatever we want. Uh, what's interesting is you hear these phrases year after year, but you go through and experience the same kind of mess year after year. And I submit to you that one of the reasons those catchphrases and Christian cliches really don't work is because they fail to take into account that in order for you to get more in a year, you have to be willing to give more. We, we sit there literally going through the year waiting for God to give us more, but we fail to recognize that we must make a commitment and we must give more to God if we expect more from God. And so today I want to start this series entitled, Making First Things First. And I want to talk to you from the thought, how to love God first. How to love God first. If, if this year is going to shape up to be the year that you desire it to be, the first thing that must be in place is your relationship and your fellowship with God. If you have your outlines, would you say amen? amen? If you need an outline, raise your hand and the ushers will get one to you. Now, the background of our text, Mark chapter uh, 10, uh, 12 rather, it is tied to this conversation that was taking place about which was the greatest of the commandments. Uh, Jesus is questioned by one of the teachers of the religious law. Uh, just to give you some context, there were men who literally would stand around every day talking about which was the greatest of the commandments. Now, just in case you thought they were limited to just the Ten Commandments, those Ten Commandments had been extrapolated out into 613 thou shalt and thou shalt not. And so they would literally stand around and argue over which commandment was the greatest. This religious teacher heard Jesus speaking and decided that he would ask Jesus this question to see 
which camp he would fall into. Jesus responds, and in responding, lays the most important foundational aspect for our life and living. And today I want you to start thinking about what are the priorities for your life this year. Here's the first thing when we talk about loving God first. Number one, you must make loving God your priority. You must make loving God your priority. If you want to put this in the first person, just take your pen and scratch out a couple of words. Instead of you, put I, and instead of your, put my. Literally, I must make loving God my priority. One of the teachers of religious law, verse 28, Mark chapter 12, the New Living Translation, was standing there listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well. So he asked of all the commandments, which is the most important? Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel. The Lord our God is the one and only Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. I want you to circle five words here. Circle verse 30, you. Circle your God. Circle your for heart. Circle your for soul. Circle your for mind. And circle your for strength. Now, just by a simple principle of hermeneutics, the law of repetition, this many yous and yours suggest what? That this is up to you. You must make a decision. You have a choice to make as to whether or not you are going to make loving God your priority. Here's what God wants you to understand. God wants to have a personal relationship with you. And that relationship with you was already initiated in the sending of his son, Jesus Christ. That was God initiating his love. The Bible says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Now the question is, how do you respond to that expression of love that God has shown. Jesus quotes the Shema, and he says, you must love the Lord your God. That, that word for love is an interesting word, agapao, the verb form of the word agape. Uh, most of us know agape because we have heard it talked about in the context of first, God's love for us, his love for us, his unconditional love for us, his love that is an expression of his will that loves us at our worst and loves us to help us become our best. It's also the love that is talked about when God talks about his love for his son. And it's also the love that God uses to describe the love we are to have for one another, that we are to have an agape kind of love. We are to have an unconditional love. We are to have a kind of love that causes us to love people at their worst, and it's a love that makes people better. But here's what's interesting. God uses that same word for love in describing our love for him. Now, somebody said, well, why is that important? Here's why it's important. Because when we talk about God's love and our love for God, too many times we use romantic terms and syrupy sentimentality to describe our love for God. In essence, what we end up doing is taking a love song for a person and taking that person out and putting God in. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. 
No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. No, no, no. Because if I can fall in love, that means I can do what? Fall out of love. The love that we ought to have for God is above an erotic love. It's above a romance kind of love. The love that we ought to have for God is an unconditional expression of our will. Loving God is not fluctuating. It's not an up and down emotion. It is not an emotion that changes with our feelings. Loving God is an expression of our will. And let me tell you something. If the love that you have for God is rooted in that kind of romantic kind of love, when things don't go your way, you're not going to feel much love. And when things don't go your way, you're not going to give much love. Listen, loving God is a choice. Watch this. It's a choice marked by the exercising of your will as you make a commitment to obey his word and his will. It's an exercising of your will that's manifested in a commitment to obey God. That's what shows whether or not you love God. He doesn't want some of your love most days. He doesn't want all of your love a few days. He doesn't want all of your love just on Sunday morning. He wants all of your love every day. He wants a love commitment. And God wants you to know before you can give him your possessions, you've got to give him your person. You've got to make that kind of commitment to God. Before you can give him what you have, you've got to give him who you are. And so I want you to focus on the love you give to the one who loved you first. See, here's what many of us miss. Loving God is a choice. It doesn't happen automatically. Matter of fact, some of you think you really love God, and I submit to you, you really don't because you have not made a choice to love him and a choice to express that love to him. You're looking at me strange. Go to John chapter 14, beginning at verse 15. If you love me, Circle the word if. Obey my commandments. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Jesus replied, verse 23, all who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them, and we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I am telling you is from the Father who sent me. First, if, if a conditional particle normally presented in the subjunctive mood, possibility, but not a guarantee. There's an uncertainty associated with it. You don't have to do it, but you should do it. If you love me. Notice the correlation between love and obedience. Because what God says, there is no love for him apart from obedience to him. Now, most of you don't have a problem with the word obedience in the context of serving God. But you do have a problem with the word obedience in the context of loving somebody else. But obedience is as much a part of your love on earth as it is your love towards heaven. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. I, I ain't no dog. I ain't obeying nobody. No, 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 listen. You can't love somebody that you're not willing to obey. You can't love your spouse if you're not willing to. Why would I want to disobey the woman I say I love? Why would she want to disobey the man she says she loves if we are in this thing together? Are you praying with me? 
There's a sense that we have to have and be on one accord in terms of our willingness to express mutual obedience. Because we should mutually be blessed in the relationship. And God says, your love for him is seen in how well you obey him. So if I say to you, do you love God, and you shoot your hand up, and I say, do you obey God, and you keep your hand down, you should have kept your hand down the first go around. Because one is tied to the other. You have to make sure that loving God is your priority. That word if also lets us know something else. It doesn't have to come about. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're saying, wait a minute, hold on, hold on. But pastor, I'm a Christian. And what's your point? You're a Christian. I got you. But watch this. Being a Christian doesn't mean you love God. Being a Christian just means you know God loves you. See, you, you may love God uh, in the way you love God, but do you love God in the way God demands that you love him? And I know what some of you are thinking, well, wait a minute, how could I be in a relationship with God and not love him? The same way you can be in a marriage with a person and not love that person. Same way you can be in a relationship with a person and not love that person. Just because you have a covenant doesn't mean you have a commitment. Listen to me. God's love for you is a requirement of salvation. Your love for God is the prerequisite for sanctification. And some of you are making it on God's love for you, but you have not made a commitment to love God the way God loves you. God gave his son to lay down his life for you. Are you willing to lay down your life for God? So here's what God says. You must make loving him your priority. Look at Joshua 22, verse 5. But remember... Continue to obey the law that the Lord's servant Moses gave you. You must love the Lord your God and obey his commands. You must continue to follow him and serve him the very best that you can. First John chapter 5, beginning at verse 2. Let's read it together. We know we love God's children if we love God and obey his commandments. Loving God means keeping his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. Let me ask you a question. What are the priorities that you have set for this new year? I would submit to you that most of the priorities you have set for this new year are temporal priorities, or stuff priorities. Uh, let me give you an example. Somebody in here, you, you set as a priority for this new year, you're not going to be broke. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not coming out of 2020 broke like I was in 2019. Mm -mm. Somebody else, maybe for you, it, it's, it's getting a promotion on your job. That's your priority. You set that as your goal. For somebody else, you set a priority, a goal of getting out of debt. For somebody else, you set a priority, a goal of getting a new car, getting a new house. But here's the question I want to ask you. Have you set a priority for 2020 to love God more? See, because stuff can be all around you on the outside and it still not be right if you're not right on the inside. So my question is, what are you willing to do this year to have a deeper relationship and fellowship with God? 
Are you committed this year to loving God more? If you want more from him, are you committed to giving more of you to him? I'm going to stop right there. Because here's what I need you to do for me. I need you to understand, first of all, that worship is not an event, it's a lifestyle. And you loving God more, listen to me carefully, it's fine for it to manifest itself in you coming to church more. Better for you to day by day live for God more. And how does that happen? How do we make that commitment to love God? The Bible is very clear. We love him when we obey him. When we obey him, we're telling God, I love you. Those of you who can, uh, I invite you to stand and worship with us. Those of you who don't feel able, it's okay. Uh, because I don't want anything to distract you from focusing on God. Uh, sometimes it's our unwillingness, but sometimes it's our inability. And I don't want you standing up to me, I'm standing too long, my knees are hurting, my, my back is hurting. I want you to sit down and focus on God. Elder, come on, let's, let's worship a little bit today. And I want us to, to, to reset for this new year our love for God. Um, I, I don't know about you, man, but the holidays, I've, I've learned this year more than any other year, man, holidays can be a stressful time, right? It, I mean, it, it can be simple stress. Uh, you know, if you cooking, making sure everybody likes your cooking, you know, everything's all right, to making sure folk who get along with each other at the house at the same time and the folk who don't get along are not at the house or, and, and you try to keep them separate from each other, right, to keeping track of how many drinks folk done had and <laughs> seeing if you got to that day and a half limit when it's time for folk to go, right? trying to find gifts and toys and presents and going broke and all kinds of stuff. And I know some of you are welcoming going back to work tomorrow. Like, you glad. Like, like you just need a vacation from life. Like I'm. But here's what I know somebody else knows. That the devil will be waiting for you when you get there. And, and I want you to practice today loving God beyond, beyond just Sunday morning. What, what does it mean to, to love him every day of your life and to make that commitment? Come on. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice. Come on, to worship you. Sing it to him. To, to worship you. Oh, my soul. Oh, my soul. Rejoice. Rejoice. Sing it to him. Take joy, my king. Take joy, my king. In what you hear. In what you hear. And may I love you, Lord. Sing it to him. Take joy, my Take king. Joy, my king. In what you give. In what you give. And let it be a sweet, sweet sound. And let it be a sweet, sweet 
Let's sing it together corporately, everybody. Say, we exalt thee, Lord. We exalt thee. Say, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you, Lord, today. Because you cared for me. In such a special way. That's why I praise why I praise you. I lift you up. I lift you up. My man. Find your name. That's why my why my heart is filled with praise. Come on, take it up a little higher. My heart, my mind, my soul. My heart, my mind, my mind, my soul belongs to you. You paid the price for me. Lift your voice and say, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I worship and adore you. I worship and adore Just you. Just want to tell you. Just want to tell you. Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. 
worship and adore you. I worship Hallelujah. and adore Just want to tell you. Just want to tell you. Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. I love you, Jesus. 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 God, I lift my hands to worship you again. I and adore you. Just want to tell you. Lord, I love you. I love you more than Just for a moment. Let me just take a moment just to be a little instructive. Because I want to help somebody today. One of the ways biblically to worship God is by the lifting of hands. Now, now watch this. I'm going to give you some pointers and see if you can go along with it. When you're in school and you know the answer, what does the teacher tell you to do? Raise your hand. If you want to be called on, you, you know the answer. You ought to raise it. Anybody in here know God's the answer? Come on. Anybody in here know God's the answer? But, but just in case you want to raise both of your hands. Uh, the universal sign for surrender That, that's not touchdown, touchdown. <laughs> the universal sign of surrender is raise both your hands. And, and somebody in here, you need to be able to lift at least one hand just to say you know the answer. But somebody else, you've been struggling this year. I, I mean, and your struggle came out of last year. And you've been fighting and you've been fighting and you just need to surrender to God. You just need to let God, you just need to let God have it. Sometimes when we, we would sing that hymn, I Surrender All, we would sing it thinking about salvation. But sometimes you got to sing that song just to remind yourself that the stuff you've been carrying and the stuff you've been battling and the stuff and the people you've been fighting with, it's too much for you. Have I got a witness anywhere in here that can testify that you need to give it to God and let God have it? Love you, Jesus. I worship and adore you. Just want to tell you that I love you more than anything. Come on, somebody this year, start off giving up the burdens, giving up the high surrender. All to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. Oh,
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, as we come to this Lord's Supper table today, we come to worship you, to remember what you have done for us and be reminded of what you expect from us. We pray, God, and ask your blessings upon the unleavened bread and the fruit of the vine that it would remind us of your body and blood that's been shed for us. And as we take it in, God, help it to be a visible ocular reminder of the love that you have for us and the obedience you expect from us. God, I pray for those under the sound of my voice that not just in this place, but as they leave this place tomorrow on their way back to work to deal with the hellhounds that are waiting on them, that they would go in professing and proclaiming their love for you and their focus on you and their willingness to obey you, their commitment to be what you want them to be. We ask these blessings in your name. Amen. You may be seated.
and, and God just showed me that, that we're going to do this. And, and there's somebody who's going to. So I, here's what I need. I need this, this half of the church, this half. I need y'all to stretch out your hands towards this side. Because there's a person on this side that's just not going, they're just disobeying. They know they need to come. And the Lord said, I want you to pray. Now, now, now listen, brother, I just want you to, don't get mad at me. God told me to pray for you. And the Lord said, you pray, and he going to know that I told you to pray for him because other folk have been praying for him. And so I need him to know the church is praying for him. So y'all stretch out your hand. I might, I can't, I'm not even going to look. I can't look. Y'all stretch out your hand. We're going to pray. Amen. Deacons, I need y'all to stretch out your hands too. I ain't praying on y'all. I'm praying on. All right. Father, we thank you and bless you for the power and privilege of prayer. And God, we are praying right now. Uh, you know the heart and mind of the brother who needs to make that step. God, you have brought him through enough to know that you've been watching over him. And God, I pray that he would start this new year and make that commitment to say yes to the Lord. Move by the power of your spirit. God, not just on this side, on the other side as well. I hear you, Lord. Because there's some who are praying who have been prayed for. And so we ask you to move right now by your spirit. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, we're going to sing. We're going to sing. And, and I, I need you to come. And when you come, we're going to rejoice. We're not going to look funny. We're just going to say, Lord, have mercy. And pray that God doesn't ask me to pray on you too. Come on. Let's sing. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come on and come right now. Come to Jesus. Come on. You're here. Come on and come. Come to Jesus. He is waiting. If you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, in your heart, you shall be saved. who have come praying for the one who still needs to come but let's stretch out our hands let's extend them and cover them in prayer God we thank you for those who have responded to the call on their life and we pray now that they would if they need you would come to know you and if they know you they would grow in you and we pray God that for this season of their journey we here at the Good Hope Church will help them to become all you desire them to be. It's
It's in Jesus' name we ask these blessings. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God some praise for those who have come. Come on, let's give God some praise for the great things he has done. Yeah, of all the things that you want to commit to, make sure that you commit to loving God. We'll uh, finish up this message on next week, and then I've got a couple of more areas that I want us to learn how to put God first in. Good hope it's time for the offering. Amen. Let's prepare to worship the Lord in giving. There are a multiplicity of ways that you can give. For those of you who may be visiting us, you can text to give. You can download our Good Hope app or go online to the website and give. You can also give via check or cash or ACH. Um, we want to give you an opportunity to obey God in your giving. Remember, I asked you to be prayerful about your giving and let's start the year the way we ended the year, being prayerful about our worship in giving to make sure that our giving is an accurate reflection of our love for God. And when we give, we don't give as a church to be a reservoir. We're not a bank. We are a river through which blessings flow. And our ability to help thousands of people and hundreds of families is directly tied to the giving of this church and what we do locally, nationally, and internationally. And so my prayer is, is that uh, you would give, not until it hurts, give until it feels good because you know you are obeying God and giving as God is blessed. All right, let's worship the Lord in giving. message from our pastor. We're going to dismiss in a few minutes, so if you don't have any children, we're just going to kindly ask that you just hold on. Amen. God has blessed us this morning with, with wonderful word and wonderful singing. And so we're going to thank God for that. We have a few more things we want to share with you, so uh, we're going to turn it over to Master Control. Our corporate midweek Bible studies will be convening Wednesday, January 15th. Each week, we will worship our awesome God by studying His Word and by fellowshipping with one another. You can join us at 12 noon in room 221, where Pastor Sloan is facilitating a journey through the book of Romans, studying what it means to be made right with God through faith in Jesus Christ. Or at 7 p.m. here in the sanctuary, where Dr. Elliot Green will be unpacking the topic, feeling deserted by God, dealing with pains and disappointments when God is curiously silent. 
So we cordially invite you to come join us and please bring a friend. Start the year in Discovery membership classes. Come join us to find out what your church believes and discover how God has gifted you. These seminars are designed to provide every potential member of Good Hope a fundamental understanding of our faith, purpose, and practice. Each seminar utilizes four sessions to discuss and explain different applications of our faith and provides practical steps in moving members from the pew to becoming mature believers who are exercising their spiritual gifts for the glory of God. Classes are regularly scheduled to take place every second Sunday at 12.30 p.m. in The View. Sign up via the Good Hope website or I Am Hope mobile app. Since 2015, Hearts of Hope has provided parent workshops led by lead servant and board certified behavior analyst Jaleesa Scott. Come attend monthly chat and chew discussions covering pressing issues parents are experiencing. Over a dozen families have been receiving support within this ministry to be better equipped to handle the challenges that raising children can bring. There is always room for more. Discussions include supporting academic success, managing our stress levels, navigating parent-teacher conferences, handling puberty, and so much more. We hope to see you there. Chat and Choose are hosted on the first Wednesday of each month at 7 p.m. in the Center for Hope Resource Room. Sign up via the Good Hope website or I Am Hope mobile app. Our new I Am Hope mobile app is live and ready to be downloaded. The app is super easy to use, but we want to quickly cover a couple of cool features. When the app first loads, you'll see a page listing all of our featured events. Scroll and click through them to stay informed of what's going on. Feel free to share these events via your social media platforms, text message, or email. At the bottom of the screen, you'll see a row of icons. Click on Sunday. This will give you everything you need for Sunday morning service live stream, sermon notes, Bible, and our social media platforms. You can even fill out the sermon notes via the app. Let's continue to take hope to the world. Don't forget, for additional events and announcements, download our new interactive I Am Hope mobile app. CDs of all sermons are located in the Center for Hope bookstore for a donation of $5. That about does it for this week's Good News Weekly Announcements. Have a blessed and prosperous week, and remember, good hope, loving God, loving all people, and changing the world. Amen. Uh, govern yourselves accordingly to the announcements. I do want to share one other with you. On next Sunday at 1230, we're going to have discovery as well as leadership training. So if you had not been able to participate in the two training sessions that Pastor conducted in December, you have one more chance this coming Sunday at 1230 to join us uh, at the same time that we're going to do discovery. We want you to attend. Now, the person that is going to attend the leadership training, you've already, you're in ministry or you're in leadership in ministry. And to continue in that role, we need you to attend this leadership training. So if you hadn't had a chance, now is the time for you to be in this session on next Sunday after the 10 o'clock service at 1230. We will be in the view and we'll be looking for you. That's in addition to if you're coming to Discovery, you come as well. So we're going to have a little light lunch for you as well as take time to have the training sessions. Amen? So if you've missed it, now's the time for you to come on and take advantage. And if you're going to be there, please go to the website and sign up and let us know that you're going to be there and for Discovery as well. So you will be blessed. We guarantee it. So we want to see you. So come on next Sunday. Amen. All right. I want to share with you uh, a sad note. One of our senior members, uh, Sister Dorothy Freelon, has passed away, and uh, the family will have her celebration of life this coming Saturday here at the church at 11 o'clock. So I ask that you pray for the Freelon family uh, as they um, say goodbye. Mom had been sick quite a while, and the Lord has called her home to rest. So Pray for them. Uh, it's a large family, father and five children, and they got grandchildren. So um, losing mother and grandmother is a big, big loss. So pray for the Freelon family uh, this week. All right. I think that takes care of any other additional announcements that we have. So 
is now time to recognize our guest. So if you're visiting with us for the first time today, would you please stand this first Sunday of the new year? If this is your first visit, please stand. We're not going to ask you to say anything. Amen. Please remain standing. Amen. Well, we're so glad that you came to fellowship with us. We hope and pray that you have been blessed by the word, by the singing, and by the fellowship. We have a special reception for you, so I'm going to ask that you gather your things and follow these young, this, these young ladies and this young man here who are part of our guest relations ministry. And they're going to take you to the area for the reception. We have a special gift for you, and we're going to share a little more about the Good Hope Church. Thank you again for coming. God bless you, and may he bless you real good this year. Amen. All right. Okay, we got a couple more coming from upstairs. Amen. All right, we have been challenged for the new year to make God first. Loving Jesus is first. That's a challenge. That's not a resolution. That's a challenge. Amen. All right, so if everybody is good, let us stand and receive the benediction. shoulder, give a hug. If you ain't spoke to them all during the service, say Happy New Year. Tell them I ain't seen you all year. Amen. God, we come now to thank you for another year. Thank you for another chance to get it right. Thank you for a chance to love you and make you the priority. Help us this year, Lord, to walk in obedience to your will and to your way. Make that path clear, Lord, and make it plain. Now, Lord, I pray for everyone at the sound of my voice that you bless them this week when they rise up early and settle late. Now, bless them, Lord, as they go out and as they come in. Bless them in their labor and in their leisure until we come together again in the house of prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right.